When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now then, this is the Tripe Supper, Gazette Borough's Middlesbrough podcast, but you already know that because you're listening. Um, joining me, Dom Shaw, is Anthony Vickers to my right, and our resident Borough fan who steps in when Phil or Jono aren't here, Chris Garbutt. Hi up, Chris. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, good, yeah. Better after after a, a good convincing win on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. You were in the away end there, and, and that looked, from the press box, one of those class away ends where you're right on top of the pitch, especially the Triori. It's kind of the late goal at your end. It's got it all last. Yeah, it's, it's like Rue setting you up and you almost feels like you can just like reach out and take the goalie's cap off. Uh, it's one of my, one of my favourite well, we won't, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll start with a couple of pressing issues. Yesterday and uh, on Tuesday, get muddled up with the days, um, Jono asked on the Gazette Borough Twitter page, what's your favourite pie? Because apparently it was National Pie Day. It's a fire away, Vic. Uh, anything homemade, chicken, bacon, and leek. Mm. Yeah, garble. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a, a big pie man, <laughs> <laughs> as Johnny Woodgate would say. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe pa- I've heard there's a, a palm or pie kicking about. I've never had one of them before. Yeah, I, I, have, I have had one. Whereabouts? Uh, I think uh, I think the Upex people do. Oh. Yeah, actually, I remember that because we had a, a pie day in the office, yeah. didn't we? Which I missed out on because I was off when the orders went in. Mm. I mean, I find it a strange concept, but it is a good way to make a palm more portable yeah. if yeah. you think that's a <laughs> desirable thing. I was in the ship in Saltburn last week, had a classic cracking pie there. It was chicken and bacon, absolutely yeah. beauty. I'd recommend that. And, and the other pressing issue on the, on the on the on the Twitter this morning: Grant Ledbetter, skinhead or hair? I saw the I saw the interview on the Borough website and uh, I was a little bit taken aback. Mm. Um, I didn't notice it on 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 Saturday that he had uh, a thicker head of hair. He was a hippie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're a man who gets his hair cut every week, so you're a good good, a good man to come uh, in. I think you could put some milk on this, and the cat would probably be able to lick it off too. <laughs> <in there. laughs> Vic, you're you're a skinhead man. Uh, obviously, yeah. I mean, I, I thought his hair was a bit long, to be honest. So, so we're talking transfers, obviously, because next Wednesday is a transfer deadline day. Uh, we'll touch on various subjects. Thanks to those who've, who've, uh, who've asked for certain subjects to be covered in the next 20 minutes, half an hour or so. Talk Martin Braithwaite, Adama Traore, Pulis's motives behind not spending any of Steve Gibson's money this month, and, and, and obviously the FA Cup game against Brighton this weekend. Um, the window, Chris, uh, a week to go. What, what would you like to see happen in the next seven days? Um... I would I would expect Borough to be actively looking for some cover for George at left back. Um, I mean, Fabio is still a, a Borough player. Whether or not he um, is, is is going to feature at all uh, remains to be seen. Um, I think the resurgence the resurgence of George has been nice to see. Um, he looks he looks a different player un, un, since Pugh has come in. But I do think that we need some cover at left back. Um, depending on the Braithwaite situation. How, how much does he fancy Marvin Johnson? I don't know. Um, so, so maybe left wing. Um, again, you know, all all of these things are dependent on who goes out. Um, I think Pulis has alluded a few times to to, to say that he thinks that the, stro- that the squad is big enough. Um, so, it, it might be a case of Borough reacting to to outgoings rather than actively, um, you know, 
searching for improvements in the squad. Um, I've always, like Seth, we, we spoke about it a few times, I'd like to see a big, strong, tall, athletic, box-to-box midfielder. Um, all of our central midfielders are very, very similar, aren't they? Um, so, you know, if, if maybe Clayton was to leave, were we going to bring somebody else in? Uh, maybe something along the mould of a, a Modi army, possibly someone like that. If, if Clayton stays, um, which the vast majority of Middlesbrough fans are certainly going on, on what you read and hear and talk and, mm. and, and the results of our poll that we've been running, um, is, is, what they want, is what they want to see happen. If Clayton stays but Guediora goes, so you're left with House and Ledbetter and Clayton, a, a Borough potentially one shot there or by bringing one in, mm. would you then almost have too much competition again, which is what kind of purists yeah. want some more manageable squads? It's, 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 that, it's that balance, isn't it? You know, I mean, what have we got at the minute? Oh, up until Forshaw leaving, you would say that we've had five, five central midfielders who could possibly play in the first team. Um, Forshaw's now gone. If another was to go, um, three central midfielders. I, I would probably say that you would need to bring in another. But it's 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 having four first team central midfielders, isn't it? You know, people that would maybe be expecting to play every week. Um, so it's it's getting the balance right. Um, I I wouldn't expect to see Clayton leave over the next few days. I hope that he doesn't. Um, but if he does, he would definitely need. I think we would definitely need to bring somebody in for Clayton was to to leave. Vic, slightly different question to what we asked Garber. What, what what do you expect to see happen in the next week? Uh, I kind of agree with with uh, Garbs. I think it depends on who comes in for the players that the manager has put little question marks above. And if you get a good good money for them and there's a replacement available, then I think maybe they'll do something. Uh, I think the the biggest game of the, the transfer window really is that Tony Pulis has got in, in charge I think that was the, the key change that was needed to be made the squad is showing incremental improvement the framework looks right I do think there's a problem down the left side that needs resolving but I don't think there's any rush to bring people in because January is an awful time mm. to buy players Pulis has touched on that and Tony Pulis will probably be thinking if I can get through this season in a, in a healthy position that money that's earmarked I'll spend it in the summer mm. uh, for now I, I think it, they will react to what they get there'll, there'll be players that people will be interested in there's no question about that, that you know, we know that there's three or four teams seriously interested in Clayton whether they meet the valuation is another question uh, we've heard there's interest in Braithwaite again if they meet the valuation then that might be done I don't think Borough are in a rush to cash in, but I think they will look at any sensible offers. Just on Clayton, uh, and this has been discussed, and I know it's incredibly difficult to put a price on players. What is a, what is a value? What is a, an offer, do you think, that Borough might, that, that if that landed, Borough would think, hold on? You have to weigh up what he's got in his contract, what his wages are, and how many people want to buy him. Uh, I talk Karanka said, have said in the past that he's the best midfielder in the championship so you would think if Forrest approached then the price would be set fairly high I mean I would have thought five to six million well, it's, 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 That's, and even that might be conservative in the, in the current market it's, it's relative to I mean no, it, it's, it's a skewed market isn't it, it the, the, the valuations of players are really how desperate people are and whatever people are whatever people are prepared to pay mm-hmm. Um if Adam Forshaw was was valued at four and a half million pounds, I would expect Adam Clayton's valuation to be north of that. Um, but it just depends, you know. If if, if Borough if Borough dig in, I mean they've done some good business with, with players. I didn't expect the Forshaw deal to be as much as that 
Um, so I thought that was good business. And you know, if someone was to come in and borrow can negotiate a six a six million pound fee for, for Clayton, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him accept that. But you both talked about the left side. Um, we'll talk about Martin Braithwaite in more depth in a bit. But it, it, regardless of whether he stays or goes. There is a bit of an issue there, isn't yeah, there? I think so. Braithwaite isn't, isn't, he can play there, he's shown that, but he isn't a left-sided player. Yeah. Stuart Downing has made the number 10 his own, it looks like Asam Blanca and Gested jostling for the, for the yeah. striking position. Patrick Bamford has, has, can play on, in that wide position, but again, yeah, and it's not natural to him. If Tony Pulis fancied Marvin Johnson, you'd think he'd have played there, he's a yeah. natural left-sided mm. player. So, so, he, he is a natural left-sided player, but is he a natural left-sided attacking midfielder? And that's a different question because he came came as a left back stroke left wing rather than an attacking midfielder, which is what that's where they're lacking in terms of balance, uh, and that has been the problem because no one really is a natural there. I mean, yes, but I think Braithwaite is he's got a left foot. He's he's an attacking minded player, but whether he can do the defensive side of that job as well in terms of how Tony Pulis likes his side to be structured out of possession, I'm not sure. Uh, ditto. Patrick Bamford, you know, he, he's a naturally attacking player. He gets the ball, he looks forward, cuts inside, but he's not really equipped to do the defensive side of that job. And uh, Martin Johnson, the best goal in the world, was playing in League One last year, uh, and he, you know, he, it would take a, a while for him to acclimatise to the rigours of this this division and the promotion push in this division, and he doesn't look like he ticks all those boxes. Let's talk Martin Braithwaite then. There's reports that Bordeaux are interested. They want Diafra Sacco as well from West Ham. Uh, and, and they're claiming Gus Poyet, who's, who obviously took over there last week, he's saying that Malcolm, um, the excellently named Brazilian Malcolm, is going nowhere. He says that he's had, uh, he had assurances that he's going nowhere when he took charge. Um, Braithwaite, you know, whether, the, whether there's concrete, whether there's a concrete bid or not, what, what, what's the story there, do you think? Would, would you be disappointed to see him go? Do you think there's more to come from him? Um, he's inconsistent, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's done all right. I like watching him. I think he's a he's a he's a decent little player. Um, he's got some nice touches, nice turns. Um, I don't think he's set the world alight. You know, he's not he's not a nailed down for starter for Borough. Um, but he should be, shouldn't he? With his talent, that, and, that, and that's where maybe there's an issue because with his yeah, talent yeah. and he's shown glimpses of real class, he should be a nailed. I think starter. possibly we're, we're judging him harshly because. You have to remember, firstly, he's coming into a completely new culture and style of football, from a, a relatively slow league to a relatively fast one. Uh, and he was injured early on, so he, he kind of lost that a little bit of early momentum. And then, like everyone else, he's played in a, a, a club where, where there's been like a, a formation flux for two or three months in mm. several different positions, in several different formations, uh, with different, different people around him, with, yeah. with two different managers... I don't, I don't think anyone should be surprised that he hasn't really settled. Mm. Uh, he's a good player. I, I think there's a great player in there. He's got some nice touches. Uh, you know, he's got an eye for goal. Six goals in 19 games. That's not a bad return for someone who hasn't really settled into a team. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if Borough can... Rec- it, it, it goes back to, you know, back to Pulis again, doesn't it? If he's got his eye on somebody, on, maybe he's not even just an individual person, maybe a, a type of player that he wants and... Borough feels though they can recoup as much as that of what we paid for Braithwaite in the summer to then, you know, maybe give to Tony Pulis to go and and, and, and get somebody that he, he really does want. Then 
you would probably have to say that it's 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 something that Borough would look at. Because um, on paper you'd look at it, wouldn't you? And I remember listening to Tony Pula shortly after he came in, and he, he he's made the point a few times, hasn't he, that he hadn't actually seen some of Borough players play, and he didn't know much about them. And he said, I think Martin Braithwaite said, you know, I'm, I'm told we've got a very talented player here, but I don't know much about him. I haven't seen him play. Mm-hmm. On paper you'd look and you'd think, well, we're talking about the left side. You put Downing on the left, you put Priori on the right, and Braithwaite in the middle. But Downing has been that effective in the centre. He's, he's yeah. kind of made that his own, hasn't he? You can't go, you, you, there's yeah. no need to go shuffling around. It's just what I was thinking when we, when we were talking about the left side, that you know, it's the thoughts straight in my head as I was going through the squad and I think, who is the most naturally left, left-hand left side of play that we've got? And, and that is Stuart Downing. Um, but he's just been so instrumental the last two months in, you know, in, in that position. Um, that I don't think you know. You, I don't think you can alter that. Alter that at all. He's been he's been brilliant. So, looking elsewhere, you, you know, if we haven't got that left outside player that Tony Pulis does want in, in in the team, then maybe you know there's going to be a little bit. Of a... The only thing I'd say with Braithwaite is, I mean, obviously I, I, I like him. I just said I like him, but it may be a case of the numbers being too hard to turn down because uh, if he isn't the manager's chosen player and. Suddenly, there's an offer on a table where you can get ninety percent of your money back. Now, that might be a good deal for Borough because if he's not playing, he's not a regular. He's on the fringes. Come the summer, if the manager doesn't want him and he's replaced, then suddenly you've got a player whose value might tumble. So it might be a case of even if it causes a short-term problem, you might bite the bullet on that one and take the offer if it's there. Adama Traore. Um was electric, wasn't he, at QPR again on Saturday. I was, I was listening to a, a Football League podcast on uh, earlier this week and and, uh, and they were kind of enthusing about him. And, and when we were in the press box at Loftus Road on Saturday, a guy who was sat in front of a national reporter turned around and, and kind of said, you know, what, what's the story with this fella? Why is he, why is he playing in the championship? And, and on that form, you do wonder, don't you? He's, can, can we see this... Now every week between between now and the end of the season is I know we've asked this before mm. is Pulis the man to turn Traore the world leader that he's capable of becoming? Well, we've seen ever since Adam Traore arrived at Borough that he's capable of the unbelievable, isn't he? That you know we've seen flashes bolting away um, and, and and various performances even last last year in, in the Premier League Arsenal away. Um, it was always can do it for two months consecutively, week in, week out. And I think for the last maybe four or five games, I think him and Downing have been Borough's best players. Um, so you're starting to see that consistency. And is it a coincidence that since Tony Pulis has come in that you're starting to see that consistency? Um, I've noticed a lot more. It almost seems as though you know when he comes off, when he's going onto the pitch, that Pulis has really put an arm around him and, and you know sort of maybe giving him that little bit of extra time and extra love that he needs and the extra confidence that he needs to, 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 to go and put in the performances that we're, that we're seeing every week at the minute but he's been well you just can't handle him can you when, yeah. he's, when he's like that I mean he must have felt a million dollars after that game on Saturday because he played 90 minutes which was telling the week after Pulis had commented on his fitness and the fact he was struggling in the last stages of games scored in the last five minutes uh, never stopped running did he um, the other thing just, just quickly off, off, off uh, point the, the the point that was made in the podcast I was listening to earlier this week was his strength. It's not just his speed, his strength, and he and he showed that when he went on that majestic charge in the first half, beat about fifteen men, and then cut back and beat him again, and then played it through to Bamford. But um, when Triore full time, he was the last off the pitch. The shin pads were down. He was kind of taking it all in. The fans were singing his name. Only last week he was talking about kind of loving the fans yeah. and wanting to repay yeah. them. And, 
He must feel that love now. He must feel it. I think so. Does. I mean, the guards mentioned that Tony Pulis has always got an arm around him, but he's not the only one. His teammates this year mm. are now giving him thumbs up, big smiles every time he does something, you know, lots of encouragement, little claps. Mm. Whereas I think last year the, the, the mood music was a little bit glummer and there was a lot of head shaking and pointing and mm-hmm. shouting at the things he'd done wrong. And this year he seems to be very much mm. included in the mix, an important part of the mix, and, and everyone's love-bombing him. Mm. At this level, can he, can he be contained? I know that's, you know, I don't, I don't want to make him... Mm. Out to be the you know this absolutely kind of unbeatable world's best world's best winger, but mm. bear in mind we're in the championship, and and only last week Alex Baptiste was talking about you know if you get tight, he, he shrugs you off and he's gone within a second. If you if you back off, you're giving him a standing start, and, and you know we saw what we can do. But when he latched on that really just stayed headed for the goal. How how does it stick two three men on him? But we saw he can charge for him. How, how do you contain him? If well. You can't when, on, at his, when he's on his best. He, you cannot contain him no. at any level. No. Nobody can. Nobody can contain him. What what Borough and what Borough seem to be able to do at the minute is, is getting that level of consistency out of him. Um, I, son, I certainly wouldn't like to mark him. <laughs> you, just, you were left back in your team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you, have you ever seen anyone like him before? I, I haven't, and, and the reason I ask this is Pulis after the game was saying that if you look at any team in the Premier League, top teams in the Premier League, he said they're all, they're all armed with pace in the yeah. attack. But he said none of, the, none of the players are as quick yeah. as a diamond trial. You, you see people who can dribble, who are really, really good dribblers. They've got tricks, they've got step-overs, drag-backs, mm. and, you know, and, and they can upset a defence, they can trick past one person, yeah. two person. You don't see people who can do that, but who also have that pace. Yeah, yeah. And when he gets going, you know, when he builds up to full full speed, no one can. You can't possibly keep up with him. So if there's space to run into, I can't see how you can stop him. It's like a, you know, he's like it's almost like he's built like a rugby league player, isn't he? He puts mm. his head down and he charges, and there's nothing going to stop him. Uh, in the past, what was restricting him was he almost go out of his way to, to dribble around a fourth person and then that would take, yeah. take it too wide or he'd keep on running and, and run the ball out of play mm. what, what he seems to have learned is that you're more effective just dribbling around two people or three people uh, the ironic thing is despite his speed last season he was actually holding Burroughs attacks up because he'd get the ball and he'd stand on it and wait for the defenders to be lined up in position almost yeah. before he, he attacked them but that allowed the other three, four, five at the back to get back into position and, and, mm. and squeeze the space and then you know then you run the danger of him being offside or playing a ball into someone offside. He, he's sharpened up on that as well mm. and he's playing a lot more balls inside having beaten two or three men. So I, I think it's, it's fascinating to watch him learn as he goes along. Uh, it's, I mean... Uh, it's like training a puppy, you know what I mean? The first couple of times we've seen him, it's the enthusiasm, he's running around, chasing, snapping at things, but now he's, he's kind of starting to get some discipline to him. And it, it is awesome to think what he could be. Just on his, on his speed, um, there's a lot made about what he could do over 100 metres and all this. He doesn't know, I, I asked him last year and we sat down and interviewed him, he, and he, didn't, he didn't know his, his personal best time over that distance. But I watched him at Loftus Road on Saturday, um, but we were attacking down the left, and he was, he was joining, he was, he was kind of uh, keeping up with play, well, that's an understatement, on the right side. And <clears throat> he has the gait of a sprinter. If you watched a sprinter in action, it's almost as though the, the sitting down 
they get to you know they yeah. kind of arses out a bit the legs come up to a 90 degree angle with the with the hips the you know the, there's there's kind of that real spring um and he had that he, he looked like a mm. spring do you know it's, it's more so for me I, what what makes my jaw drop is probably not what he can do over 100 meters it's what he, what he does over like 60 yards you know what I mean? from, that, a from a stand yeah, just that, that when that that rudy stead header went got flicked on I mean, that was a real short space, wasn't it? That he he overtook that defender and got to that ball. That was only over fifty yards, yeah. and he just he absolutely well, tore past him. Darren Campbell, he remember, remember him running back to clear off in defence against Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he must have cleared fifty yards while that defender covered fifteen or twenty. Darren Campbell yeah. worked with the squad, didn't he, earlier? This, mm. this former, obviously, Olympic gold medal winning relay sprinter. Um, and I'd love to have had a chat with him about... Because in the past, he's worked with players like Theo Walcott and told mm. him how fast they are and, and kind of all that comes with it and, and the whole sprinting dynamic. Um, but I'd love to have... Because I can't imagine he worked with, he's worked with anyone. He, he was even asked a question about, I think, somebody... Um, well, maybe, maybe it was you guys when you, when you spoke to, to him and said, oh, would, would you like to raise... Uh, Adam Traore and he sort of like just sniggered didn't he and went no thanks <laughs> so he's you know he's, he's but, I mean I, I've wondered what you know there, there was a lot of talk about his fitness and he's coming off matches fit and I, I mean I've we've discussed this before Dom about because he's a sprinter and it's more explosive power whether his fitness regime needs to be different to get mm. more out of him because you expend that that energy in a really short burst and the recovery time on the pitch mm. may be different to players who who are like more long distance runners who mm. cover 10, 12 Ks mm. but rarely ever break into a sprint. Yeah, it's finding that anaerobic, aerobic balance, isn't it? Because he, he obviously covers both. Um, th- there seems to be uh, an added responsibility off the pitch as well. I know it's only a small thing, Vic, but he was interviewed last week by the club we haven't seen that too often since he signed yeah. and they put him up to speak to the press after the game there was a huddle everyone wanted a word as soon as they kind of realised does that added extra responsibility as well isn't it yeah I think that's an indication that he's maturing and is trusted and is a, is a part of the squad mm-hmm. and so he's taken on all the, the roles and responsibilities as part of the squad I think in the past he was kind of regarded almost as like a a freak addition that nobody really knew what to do with. Mm. Uh, a couple of other issues that uh, we just want to get through before we wrap up. We, we put it on, uh, out on our our Facebook page just asking for any subjects that you want covering. Um, we've obviously done Adama Traore. Uh, just, just briefly, Vic, uh, Pulis's motives behind not spending Steve Gibson's money. Is, is, is there a motive or is it just hear what he said that he thinks the chairman spent spent enough this season and B he looks at the squad and thinks well I've got enough here yeah I think there's a lot of a lot of little subtexts there uh, one is he, he might be reminding the players there's a lot of money being spent on mm. you you know I, I shouldn't have to go out and replace people you know he, like he, he made a point of mentioning Brit's price tag you know you spent 15 million quid for a player you expect them if they get two chances a game one of them's got to hit the target mm. so I think there's a bit of that uh, there's a bit about maybe damping down expectations that because you know Borough were going to smash the championship that's, that there's an unlimited pot of money there and there clearly isn't. And also there may be some shrewd housekeeping going on. Uh, he might want that money for the summer. And if anything, he might be more inclined to claw some back if it's possible now, thinking, well, I can invest that better over the, the course mm. of three months in the summer. 
We'll wrap up, uh, Chris, by looking at the FA Cup. Obviously, Brighton on Saturday. It's probably a game Brighton could do without. They've won one in six in the league. They've got West Ham and Southampton <coughs> next next week. And, and I think, is it six points separate at the bottom ten in the mm. Premier League? You wouldn't like to pick the three at the minute uh, or the two that will go down with Newcastle. Mm. Um, is it a distraction for Borough? Will Pulis pick the same team again? Do you want to see Borough advance? It's, it's definitely not a distraction for, for Borough or not as much as, as it is for Brighton. Um, we saw in the Premier League last year that that little period between January and sort of March, April is, is imperative in the Premier League. Um, when you're down there and struggling for points and, and, and you know, you've got a fight on your hands, I think that's been replicated in Chris Hewitt's decision to, to make five, six, seven changes at a time for cup games. So um, they will come here, obviously, you know, with maybe not as much vigour towards the tie as Borough. Um, I think it's a game that, that Borough can win. I think Borough favourites with Bucky's, I saw last night. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a distraction for us at all, no. I, I think we should be trying to get through the next round of the Cup. It's a winnable game um, against a team that have sort of not, not really got much going for them at the moment. And Borough have got, what is it, six wins in eight now? So, yeah, absolutely, let's go for it. I'd, I'd love to go through the next round of the Cup. Vic, you're already dreaming of a, of a march to the arch? Well, I think every club, any every club outside the Champions League elite, should look at these competitions and think this is our only chance of getting some glory. Mm. I mean, we we've, we're a club that's been 140 years, and, and the vast majority of that has been barren. And you know, the day that we'll all take to our graves is is the Carling Cup final, the day we actually won something. And at the end of the day. You know, we're not accountants. We're not being counters. It doesn't matter to us whether the team finishes thirteenth or ninth. You know, uh, we're in it for glory, and that's what people remember. It's the memories around great cup runs, and uh, over the years, I think most people will remember the cup semi-finals, cup finals. You know, that's what that's what you want as a fan, and I think clubs have a duty to try and deliver that. And the clubs that arrogantly short-sightedly decide to make seven changes in the fourth round because it might mean they, they could finish 15th rather than 17th. I, need, I think they need the bumps felt. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Garbs. Thanks, Vic.